Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is December 10th of 2022, and we're celebrating Saturday of the second week of Advent. Today's gospel comes to us from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 17, verses 9a, and then 10 through 13. As they were coming down from the mountain, the disciples asked Jesus, Why did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? He said in reply, Elijah will indeed come and restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also will the Son of Man suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. Today's Gospel presents us with a scene that follows right after the Transfiguration where Jesus appeared with both Moses and Elijah. The disciples, as they're going down the mountain, then ask Christ about Elijah and why he hadn't come back yet. Christ replies that, in fact, he has, and his disciples get that Elijah refers to John the Baptist. Christ then adds that he must suffer just like John did. So, what are we to take away from all this? Well, first, let's consider the nature of the question of the disciples and the answer Christ gives. And then, what Christ remarks about his passion. Now first, the disciples have asked a very good question. After all, there was a tradition among the Jews that Elijah would return in order to prepare Israel for the coming of the Messiah. If we recall, Elijah didn't die. He was taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire, so it's easy for everyone to expect his return. You know, there's no questions about resurrection of the body and the like. So... Why the question? Where does the confusion come from? Well, in John's Gospel, the first chapter, verse 21, the priests and Levites ask the Baptist directly, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. So here we have the Baptist saying, I am not Elijah. Again, technically this is true. John the Baptist is not the same person as Elijah. It's not like he's a reincarnated prophet Elijah. Rather, as the archangel Gabriel told Zechariah, his father, he will go before him, that's John, before Christ, in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of fathers toward children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, to prepare a people fit for the Lord. That's Luke chapter 1, verse 17. And this, this turning of hearts towards children and the correction of the uh, sinful, was the anticipated mission of Elijah. And so we can say John fulfills that preparation. Great. Well, what does this mean for us? Well, on the one hand, we're reminded that sometimes the gifts and graces we receive from God aren't exactly the way we think they should look. In other words, just as the disciples knew that Elijah needed to come back, this was an undisputable truth for them, but they didn't know how exactly or when or what that would look like. All of us know the many truths of our faith, that God loves us, he wants us to get to heaven, and he only permits what is best for our eternal salvation. However, sometimes these manifestations of those truths are hard to accept. Things like challenges, the sins of others, our own sins, and sufferings. It's hard to see God's power at work in that. But we know, even in that manifestation that's difficult, God is at work. 
On the other hand, too, we're reminded that since holiness means union with God and fulfilling his will, and that, that part doesn't change, but what holiness looks like here and now, for me in this moment in my vocation, can be very different than what it looks like for others. Now, John the Baptist and Elijah were both holy men because they both loved and served God. But what that holiness looked like was a little different. This too is part of the why Christ, part of the reason why Christ mentions his passion, and he links it to John's suffering. Our second point: when he comments on this passage, Saint Thomas Aquinas points out a number of similarities between the Baptist and Christ. He literally shows how John was the precursor of, of Jesus. He says, "In birth, John was born of a sterile woman, Christ of a virgin." In preaching, since John preached baptism, penance, and conversion, and Christ did too. And lastly, even in the Passion, John was condemned by Herod and Jesus by the scribes and Pharisees. And Aquinas notes that, as some of the fathers of the church point out, well, like, then technically it's not exactly the same thing that happens, which is what Jesus seems to imply. But Aquinas says, well, Herod agreed with Jesus' death, and the scribes agreed with John. So in other words, it's the same thing. They all had part in the death of these two holy men. But commenting on this, because it's, it's sort of a strange jump, they're talking about Elijah and John, and then Jesus just throws in this mention of the Passion. St. John Chrysostom says that the anticipation of his Passion, this mention of what is to come, was meant to comfort the disciples. It should also comfort us, because we know that we too must suffer an imitation of Christ. Again, just with holiness, we don't know in particular what that might entail. But we know that sufferings and persecutions inevitably follow. Today, as we reach just about the halfway point in our Advent journey, let's think about how we're striving to live our holiness in our lives, right? And how well we're trying to be holy by living out our vocations. Let's ask for the grace of holiness through the intercession of Mary, Mother of God, and St. John the Baptist.